0: Welcome to Theatre Club Podcast. We bring you theatre news,
1: theatre-related booze,
0: and theatre reviews. So welcome to our loyal listeners, and to anyone listening for the first time, this is Theatre Club Podcast. This is a podcast that was set up by myself, Oscar, my sister Alice, hello, and our friends Madeline and Ruby, who are not here today, Um, But the four of us, we all go and see a lot of theatre in London and we thought we'd set up this podcast so we can kind of get together and talk about the shows we've been to see separately or together, kind of review them and then we like to talk about how we got our tickets, good ways to get kind of cheap tickets to theatre and we talk about what's coming up that we should be booking, how you should be booking it.
1: Yeah, there's so much shows coming into London and sometimes there's just too much choice and by the time you know that something's a success and you've seen the five-star reviews, it's almost impossible to get a ticket. Also, if anyone has uh, bought a cheap ticket in some London theatres, some of the views are appalling. Yeah, so we. You know try these and old theatres. You know sometimes you're literally behind a, a, pillar. a pillar. So we will let you know whether there are some tickets that are really worth it and some tickets that are um, sneaky little ones that we know that you get a really good view for not a lot of money.
0: Yeah. And then while we're doing all that, we like to make a theatre-themed cocktail because we all love cocktails. And so we kind of create a new cocktail with each episode themed on one of the shows you've been to see. So for those who have been listening, we've been going for two years. Our very first episode of Theatre Club Podcast was a review of Hamilton. Um, and so we're doing another Hamilton themed episode. So usually we'll have a couple of reviews um, in each episode, but this time we're just going to cover Hamilton because it's such a great show. And we it deserves to a whole
1: it. episode, let's face it.
0: Exactly. Um, so we're going to talk about We're going to tell people what the show is who haven't seen it. We'll tell them how to get tickets, how we got our tickets this time round, good ways to get tickets, and then we'll do a deep dive into kind of talking about the show. So if you haven't seen the show, just listen to the first bit, find out about how you can see it, whether or not we think you should listen to the soundtrack first, although I'm sure most people have had a listen now. But first, at the beginning of every episode, Alice delivers us a top tip, something that we should be immediately kind of looking into booking. We've got a Lynn manuel Miranda, creator of Hamilton, themed top tip, I believe, Alice.
1: Yes, there is a musical called Bring It On, based on the film Bring It On, which we loved when we were teenagers. We're really
0: big Bring It On fan.
1: Yes, and we saw it actually last year when it was at the Southwark Playhouse. Yes,
0: by the uh, British Theatre Academy production. Yep,
1: it was fantastic. It
0: was really good fun. I think this would be a good one for anyone that lives outside of... London or can travel to any of those places to see it's really good fun especially for young people it's a really young show it's about teenagers it's got that hip-hop yeah um, like Hamilton
1: it's got the kind of it's it's quite sung through so it's a lot of songs and the songs drive the plot they're not just you know songs for the sake of songs they actually are dialogue with rap with hip-hop yeah that's what rap
0: does really well so
1: everybody not living in London, that can go and see this, re- you know, regional show of Bring It On. I, th- I think it'd be a really good, fun thing to see.
0: Yeah, and hopefully it'll then come to London because I'd like to see another production of Bring It On. It's a good show. Me too. Yeah.
1: Right, let's get on with Hamilton. I can't wait to talk about it. We so saw it last week for my birthday.
0: Why don't you start by just for anyone who doesn't know, who's been living under a theatrical rock and doesn't know what Hamilton is, just give us like the synopsis of Hamilton. Okay.
1: Maybe. Hamilton is a musical with music, lyrics and the book created by Lin-Manuel Miranda. It tells the story of American founding father Alexander Hamilton. The music style throughout it is hip hop, R&B, pop, soul, classical musical, there's everything in there. It's a melting pot. Um, One of the famous things about the show is that it incorporates colour conscious casting. So that's non-white actors to play founding fathers who in, you know, historically they are all white.
0: So he actually had the idea for Hamilton back when he was doing In the Heights in 2004, I believe, on Broadway. And he took a break from that, read the Alexander Hamilton biography. He's one of the lesser known founding fathers and he kind of thought this would make a great musical. And he was invited to the white house by the obamas at the time in i think 2009 to perform songs from in the heights for them and he kind of at the last minute changed his mind and instead of performing in the heights he did a song from his kind of work in progress hamilton the hamilton mixtape it was called at the time and he sang a song called alexander hamilton which we now know as the first song of the musical
1: the show premiered off broadway in 2015 then it transferred to Broadway the same year and was a huge sold-out success. It won 11 Tony Awards, including Best Musical. People could not get tickets. Do you remember? Yeah, it was
0: like a, a phenomenon. Like it?
1: James Corden, on the, his show, I think, as part of a funny comp sketch, he went down there to the line of Hamilton oh, yeah. with one of his awards, I think.
0: A Golden Globe or Golden Globe, or And
1: said, who will swap me their ticket for this award? And nobody yeah. would. So then... We heard news that it was transferring to the West End in London. Cameron McIntosh produced it and it opened in 2017 and was a huge sellout success. It won seven Olivier Awards, including Best New Musical.
0: And we booked our tickets the day they went on sale and we saw it at the beginning of 2018, which was our first episode of the podcast, and we loved it. Um, So yeah, we've been spending the last two years just waiting to go and see it again. So for anyone who hasn't seen it, that's the kind of basic setup of Hamilton – You may have already listened to the soundtrack. If you haven't, would we suggest people listen to the soundtrack before seeing Hamilton?
1: I don't think it's necessary. No.
0: I think it's worth doing, though, personally, because I think I listened to it first and you can enjoy that as it is because it's fully sung through, we should also mention. If you listen to it, it does tell you the whole story. So you can have, I think, a kind of full audio experience. And then when you see it, I think you can appreciate it on a different level and you can kind of take it in more easily.
1: Something I will say is when Oscar's just saying just then take it in more easily, it isn't an easy thing to take in. It's The story is complicated. There's a lot of people involved. It spans years. No, so you have it is to be is, engaged. You have to be engaged and you have to have, I think, personally read the synopsis.
0: Yeah, and I think, I think just listen to soundtrack. Look, if tickets were really easy to get or if you're a millionaire and you can buy loads of tickets, go see it without having listened to it then listen to it, then go see it again, then go see it again. But for most people, you won't, like us, we've only seen it twice in two years, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think kind of listen to it so you can really engage with it when you see it. Let's talk about, before we actually get into Hamilton, let's talk about getting tickets because anyone who hasn't been to see it yet, that's an interesting thing to know because it seems like one of those, I think the reason why some people haven't seen it, you know, when you talk to people, have you seen Hamilton yet? And they're like, oh no, I really want to. It sometimes seems a bit like an insurmountable hurdle Because it is always selling out every night. Tickets are really expensive if you were just to glance on the website.
1: If you are determined, if you want to, you know, do something daily, it's the lottery. The ticket lottery app. So how this started was um, initially when the show opened, there was a 21 tickets release for the front row in America. And there would be a lottery done. And Lin-Manuel Miranda, I can never say his name properly.
0: Lin-Manuel Miranda.
1: Lin-Manuel Miranda prepared and hosted little performances shortly before the daily drawing of these tickets. And they became so popular because people would come to actually watch these little performances yeah. um, because he wanted people that weren't going to then win this lottery to have got something yeah, to have yeah, seen yeah. a little bit of the show. So these became so popular that the traffic and the amount of people congested on the streets in America um, became dangerous. And so they then had to do this online lottery so that you could do it online and they had to stop doing it outside basically and the first day that they did this online lottery ticket um 50, people entered it and the whole website crashed oh my god so it's not that bad now they've got you know yeah. they've got the bandwidth to do it and they are um it's really actually like a couple of people in my office have done it and won yeah and you enter the lottery and that if you win that gives you the opportunity to buy two tickets at 10 pounds
0: yeah For the next day's performance, and they do the lottery every single day. So, if you remember, just enter every day. So, should we talk about how we booked our tickets the kind of traditional way this time around? So, what we did is we went on the website, and obviously, if you go on the website and look for, oh, I want to go and see Hamilton in two weeks, forget it. Forget it. We booked these tickets probably six months in advance, I would say at least. I can't remember when, a good six months minimum. Mm -hmm. And the booking periods, um, extend So currently you can book up until July, I believe. Obviously, at some point they will release a new set of tickets. It's worth signing up to their newsletter on the website because then they will tell you when those next batch are going on sale. And we looked for, this time we thought, let's go kind of cheaper seats. First time around, we spent about £75.
1: Mm-hmm. And we sat in the first circle.
0: Those seats now, I think, are one hundred. pounds twenty hundred and fifty pounds because we went in previews. They're more expensive now. Wow. So we wanted Oh, it's also worth noting for those who've never listened before, we do just record this podcast at usually at my sister Alice's flat, which is what we're doing. It's on a busy road, so you might hear some, some cars zooming around outside.
1: Cars, sirens, bin men.
0: Yeah, all sorts. I live above a
1: news agent's deliveries so all bloody day.
0: So we looked at getting cheap tickets and If you look in the upper circle, the upper circle is divided by a central aisle that goes down the middle and then seats on either side. On the end of each row of that aisle next to where the stairs are, they have a safety barrier that goes alongside that seat for people walking down to hold on to, and then at the bottom of the stairs there's also an extra raised barrier on the circle, which means that those seats are classified restricted view and they are £37.50, So we thought, let's give those a try. Let's see
1: how restricted this view really is.
0: And they were really good. I wouldn't say they were restricted at all. I wasn't aware of a barrier at any point. We went wrote E and F. So I think if you were A or B or C, you're closer to that front barrier. So you might be a bit restricted. I think if you go from D and up...
1: You're sort of looking over it.
0: You're looking over it. I mean, I really didn't notice it at all. I didn't either. You're very centre on. It's high up, but not... I don't know, I wouldn't say it was too high. No, I think it's, I, I feel, I think it's I fine. I feel like I could see facial expressions.
1: I mean, I will say one thing is that the the actual, the actual whole seating on that area is so... Steep. Steep. When you're walking yeah. down, if you suffer from vertigo, do not book to sit yeah. up there. Because it's you honestly, it is yeah. really... You ha- You do need those rails to hold on to yeah. because yeah, otherwise but you could topple.
0: It also means that you're not looking... No one's head's going to be in your way. You're looking right over the top of the person in front because of that rake. Mm-hmm. And you get a really good... Clear view of the stage, you can see it all. So that would be our advice. And I've looked, if you look ahead at uh, May and June at the moment, those seats are still available. Um, but once those are gone, the next seat next to them, I think, is £70 maybe. So it's a
1: big jump up. It's a
0: big jump to the seat next to you, and I think you basically get the same view. Yeah, I would really recommend those tickets. If you want to spend a bit more and go down in the stools, the end of the stools, I believe, is 75 And again, if you book in advance, you'll be able to get those. And you're slightly side on. And so you'll have one side of the stage missing. But nothing major happens at the sides of the stage in Hamilton, I would say. Everyone comes into the middle of the stage to perform.
1: If you have, if we go back and we try those seats, so that we've tried every sort of,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: which I'm trying to think, if I, going through the show in my head, does anything happen on either side?
0: I think slightly more happens on stage left just off the top of my head which so you'd want to sit auditorium left so that you're looking across at that but mm. i don't think it would matter and 75 pounds is still a lot don't get me wrong but hamilton is is worth it i think we said that on the first episode it is worth 75 pounds it's great so i think that might be my next try i'm going to keep doing the lottery but my next try might be the £75 on the end of the stalls row. One other thing to do for tickets, my final bit of advice is, occasionally when I'm bored at work and not really doing what I'm <laughs> supposed to be doing, I go on the Hampton website and look at tickets for that night. I look in the morning and there's a couple of seats in the centre of the stalls for £150 or £200 premium seats. Occasionally, this happens more on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, quieter nights, I check back two in the afternoon or after midday and occasionally those seats that if they're still left there they reduce the price down usually to about 75 pounds I'm sure I once saw them for 50 in the stalls or the middle of the first circle
1: that's amazing mm. and
0: that's true of the whole Delphont Macintosh group so on the Delphont Macintosh website they do Mary Poppins Dear Evan Hansen and I've seen the same thing for that I've seen tickets on Dear Evan Hansen drop from like Hundred pounds down to fifty in the afternoon if there's any left, so worth just having a check, last minute reductions. But you know that's
1: a very good little tip.
0: Yeah, but you're not. You know, it's not, it doesn't happen every single day. It's just a luck of the draw, and if you can go that evening.
1: So that's kind of the roundup of tickets, and we always say to people who um, listen regularly to the podcast: if you ever want to get any advice on where to sit, if you're buying tickets, if you're getting a present for somebody. Um, We're on Instagram at Theatre Club Podcast. Just message us, direct message us, and we will tell you. Because we love to give advice on tickets.
0: Yes, we will do the research for you. Yeah. So, should we move on to our second viewing of Hamilton and what we thought second time round?
1: I enjoyed my experience even more than I did the first time, but for different reasons. So, the first time I saw it, I was, like, blown away. I wasn't prepared for how amazing it well, you know, it just it's so epic. I know I keep on saying that word, but that's the only word I can use to describe it. Yeah. It was incredible. Seeing it the second time I knew what was coming. And that kind of made my experience even more enjoyable because Certain songs really stuck in my memory, and I was like, Oh, I that song's can't coming up. That, yeah. Can't wait for that song.
0: I'm always waiting. I love the opening, I love everything, but I'm always waiting for when they get to New York and the Skylar sisters. Me entrance. too! That's the bit that I look forward to most. Although Story of Tonight comes before that, which I really like. That's a lovely melodic song.
1: Stop copying me or sketches because that's my favourite song. Yeah, I, I always that sing one. that, don't yeah, I?
0: That is a really good one, but then once you get to Skylar sisters, that's such a great number. And the three sisters come out and it's very kind of, you know, they're a cool girl group kind of vibe. And their
1: voices are sensational. So let's yeah. talk about the casting of the Skylar sisters that we saw this time.
0: Yeah, so it was all different Skylar sisters than the first time round. Uh, this time we had Alison Ava Brown playing Angelica.
1: So she's the older sister.
0: Yes. And then we had Sharon Rose playing Eliza who eventually so marries Alexander I- Hamilton.
1: Loved her.
0: She was really good.
1: I mean, couldn't fault her on anything. Her voice was perfection. She was sweet. She was great at acting. I could hear every word she said.
0: Yeah. And then we had um, Emile Louise Israel, who played Peggy Skylar and who I then found out you were right. She does play um, Mariah Reynolds later in the second act. So I didn't know that that was a joint bit of casting. Somehow I just kind of, it didn't click in my brain.
1: It's so nice for me to notice something and for you not to notice something. I know,
0: you were right. It was her. Um, she had a brilliant voice too. She obviously doesn't get to show it off really until she's um, Mariah. Can't or, say
1: too much about that, Oscar. We don't want to do any plot spoilers.
0: Yeah, we do. This, do we? Yes, people who are listening now have seen Hamilton. This is not. If you've not seen Hamilton, stop listening because we're talking about it. So okay. just... This is not a. This is a spoiler-filled.
1: Okay, so she plays the woman that he has an affair with.
0: Yes, this is definitely spoiler-filled. If you've not seen Hamilton, stop listening. Get your tickets. We've given you the advice. <laughs> listen to the soundtrack and then go see it.
1: And then listen to this. <laughs>
0: yeah, um, yeah. I thought they were all brilliant. And that number was great again. So after that's kind of my favourite, One of my favorite sections of the musical because you have a great run of songs. You have "You'll Be Back," which comes after that. So she talk about. The um, casting of King George. So we had Gavin Spokes, and Gavin Spokes is, uh, you know, a brilliant actor who we've seen in various things. He was nicely, nicely in the last production of Guys and Dolls we saw. He was in Company, the recent production that was brilliant, um, starring opposite Melanie Godfrey.
1: Yes, that's why I, I kept on thinking, I know that face and I've seen it before. Yeah,
0: and he's, he's just such a great actor, um, great and
1: actor and great singer, great
0: singer. And that's just a number that everyone loves. At the moment he comes on, you can hear everyone in the audience like getting ready for it because it's just a really fun, silly song. Um, yeah, I thought he did a great job. Um, and then after that, you go into kind of a winter's ball, helpless. And then what I think is probably my favourite song, which is Satisfied, just because of what it does structurally and narratively, I think it's just amazing. And even the guy in next to me, when it does the rewind section, like... I kind of had him gasp a little... not gasp a little bit, but it kind of took him aback that they were suddenly doing this whole rewind and then they play the whole thing again through and you see it from a whole different angle and you totally understand within that song it explains Angelica's, like, entire...
1: Relationship remote, to Hamilton. Yes, and, and
0: sets it up so perfectly. And I just think it's so clever. And it's just such a great song. And it's when she really gets to, like, let rip vocally. Um, and it's so fast and I thought...
1: Can we talk, can I just say something? I know I hate to yeah. be like the neg when you say let rip vocally. Yes. I didn't like Angelica's voice um, this much this time.
0: I think it was a little bit more limited. Um...
1: Yeah, I just felt like it was struggling to reach some of the notes and was a bit shouty. In in It, it just didn't, it didn't sound like an easy voice.
0: No, it didn't go quite... It didn't. It can. It didn't open up quite exactly. as much as I'd liked it to. Yeah. But I thought that song. She still really nailed that song in terms of the kind of the rap that she has to do. It, oh, and the goes...
1: conviction, and she gave it the strength that she needed to. And yeah.
0: I think on that note, we should just talk about generally because it is a lot of rap and fast lyrics and singing. The diction in Hamilton is always bang on. It's so I good. Hate sloppy diction, and I think in a show like this, when it's so important, they're probably drilled on it and like they work on it all the time because they know that you can't lose any of those lyrics and that they're so fast you have to get every single one. Whereas something like when I went to see Waitress, the diction was just a bit slop. Because it's slower pop songs, there's way less lyrics, people kind of think, oh, people know what we're saying. Well, not everyone who goes to see Waitress is going to know what the lyrics are. And I think a lot of them got gobbled up and sort of flattened out, whereas that Mm. never happens in Hamilton.
1: Yeah, and I remember thinking that about the um, actor who played Alexander Hamilton. We saw... Who was it this time, Oscar?
0: Oh, so it's Kyle Queensborough.
1: I heard every word he said. Yeah. He was fantastic.
0: Yeah, he brought something different to it um, than last time we saw it as well, because it kind of... I thought he brought some of the comedy moments in a different way, like a slightly goofier, funny kind of way, maybe... I just thought he brought different elements to it, mm. which is really interesting. Um, and it sounded different than the soundtrack with Lynn on it. And it sounded different than the first time we saw it. I think it just had, he just brought some new stuff to it.
1: Mm, I thought he was brilliant. I really liked him.
0: Um, let's talk about next, while we're going through cast, let's talk about uh, Aaron Burr. Sir. Sir. Um, Simon Anthony Roden. I thought he was great. Re- like, really good voice.
1: It's a great role, isn't it?
0: It is a really good role, because it's kind of... It obviously has a lot of different levels to it he's not just like the nemesis sometimes you see it from burr's point of view where you think yeah alexander hamilton you can see why he's so frustrated but yeah i thought he was really really good um and then i thought that trevor dion nicholas who played the genie in the original broadway production of aladdin and then also in london he played george washington and george washington's a great role it's a real i mean especially for americans george washington is like He is the founding father of America. So it's a huge role and it's got to have presence. And Trevor Deal Nicholas was incredible.
1: He is phenomenal. His voice, the range, the depth. It's so rich. It's so rich. yeah. And you feel like... You know when people hate the experience, you feel like you're in a safe pair of hands, but that is how you feel. Yeah. He's got such stage presence. He takes time with things. He's confident and... So different
0: than The Genie as well, because it's not a comic role. It's the least comic role of the piece. Yeah. But he gives it real gravitas. And yeah, it was really amazing. I just kept thinking when he did the George Washington's Coming Home number, like his big sort of epic finale number... I thought, God, Americans must just go crazy for this scene.
1: (laughs) I'd love to see this show with an American audience, actually.
0: The only cast member that I think we had the same as last time was uh, Jason Pennycook, who plays Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson in -hmm. the second half. Um, And he was brilliant again. I can see why they've kept him and why he stayed, because it's kind of like he was born to play that role. Such personality. The whole cast is just amazing. They're obviously, like, this is the the show in town that everyone wants to be in, so they're just getting the cream of the crop, really, aren't they?
1: So your favourite song overall, think, are you I saying, think, is Satisfied?
0: I think, yeah, ultimately, because it's the one that I find, like, most emotionally engaging, most kind of, yeah, I think it's the best song for me. So my show. most
1: emotionally engaging song isn't it act two where eliza and angelica are um, pleading with alexander to come to the family home
0: yeah take a break
1: take a break because i first of all i love that you get those two harmonizing voices together yeah that is beautiful and it is pleading yes and then it's so sad especially when you've seen the show already and you know that this is all unraveling he's working too much he's now going to have an affair and you just sort of think, yes, go on a holiday, please. Yeah. Like, this is all going very wrong. And he yeah. just can't see it. And it, it just made me really sad. I had a little cry. Yeah. yeah, I do. Because it's bittersweet, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is really And it's sad.
1: love. They just love him so much.
0: Yeah. This time, I definitely watched, um, generally, I was looking at the choreography a lot. Because I remember when the Olivier Awards happened, um, it won loads of awards, as it should. But it did win Best Choreography, And my only problem with that was that year, Christopher Wilden was also nominated for An American in Paris. And I really felt that he should have won.
1: Uh, I second that.
0: Not just because, you know, we love his work already and stuff and, you know, he's more classical, but I just think American in Paris was just pure dance, incredibleness. And so I don't think Hamilton should have won Best Choreography personally, but in any other year, I think it should have because it was, the choreography is actually really kind of integral to the piece the actual moves you know the sort of hip-hoppy style that's not my favorite thing but I think the way it moves the show along and you actually notice how much the ensemble are doing um, this time I kind of looked at that a bit more and I thought it is really well choreographed just in terms of the the staging and the structure of the dance and how it moves the plot and how it moves the scenes and how they're integrated into it so the actual steps not necessarily my favourite, but the choreography as a whole and how it works in with the piece, I think, is really interesting. And the whole piece is just in... Like, when you really think about it, you're like, there's so little staging and props and things that it's quite a bold way to do, to do a musical. You don't
1: need it when you've got numbers like that. No. When you've got big... All, all you want to do is listen to it when you go. Yeah. When you finish, You just want to listen to the songs yeah. and the story. Obviously, I love the ending and I love how they discuss about how many of these papers he wrote out. Oh, of, yeah. yeah, all of that was brilliant. And how, you know, all of, you learn through the story how much he's done for America. Yeah. Um, and I love the fact that they then go on to Eliza gets her legacy. Mm, so you absolutely. hear how she set up the orphanages, how she goes on to meet. She goes and interviews everyone that he was in battle with. Yeah. And I just thought that was so nice that she got to have equally yeah. to know what she's done with her life
0: yeah exactly she writes
1: herself back into the story and we've got to hear her story
0: yeah that's a, it's, a, it's a really brilliant ending to the show um and I think it's interesting watching it, I was thinking, is this kind of like it's done it's so popular in America and it's also now popular here, but you know you could look at it and think oh, it's very patriotic, jingoistic kind of all about America, but obviously, like you said because of the color conscious casting, it's about America then. But it's sort of told by America now. And so rather, although it's looking back at the past and all the things that were done by the founding fathers, it's almost really a show that's not about the past. It's kind of just using that as a framework. I think it's ultimately a more inspiring show, but not inspiring. Oh, how great America is, or how great America was more about where it's heading and hopefully a more hopeful future, I think
1: brilliantly said
0: yeah do you remember when um, Mike Pence went to watch it in America in 2016 and he was booed resoundingly by the audience
1: so he's the vice president yeah Mike
0: Pence is uh, Donald Trump's vice president I was just looking through his Wikipedia and it's sort of sectioned out into his different policies on different things and the first line of every single one is just awful so it's like energy and environment during his term in office he repeatedly tried to roll back renewable energy standards gun policy he campaigned to have it legal to have guns kept in your car on a school premises public health he got rid of planned parenthood who were not actually providing any abortions in his state but screening for HIV, and he tried to get rid of that. Just literally LGBT rights, obviously, not great. He's not a good man. And he went to see Hamilton, and obviously the atmosphere in Hamilton is one of inclusivity and diversity, and so the audience booed him. And at the end of the performance, he sort of got to make a swift exit with all his security and stuff, and the actors on stage actually stopped him and delivered a speech to him, sort of saying, we're, as you know, we represent America up on this stage, multicultural different orientations and um, backgrounds and we worry that your administration won't protect us and they deliver this message to him you can watch it on youtube it is really good
1: it's really inspiring because they're they're not they're not calling him out no but they're asking him they're saying thank you for coming Yes. We're really happy that you're here. We're really happy that you've seen us. And we're really worried about what you're going to do. And please don't do the wrong thing. Yeah.
0: yeah. And then obviously Donald Trump was like, oh, they should all apologise, which they refused to do. They said we have nothing to apologise for. And at least Mike Pence said that he didn't feel like he was owed an apology. It just shows that even Mike Pence is more sensible than that. in Donald Trump. <laughs> Sorry to get political on Theatre Car podcast. We don't usually No,
1: we usually a lot more frothy. It's not
0: very political to say that Donald Trump's an idiot though, is it? No. That's just a fact. <laughs> um so yeah, I think that kind of wraps up our chat of Hamilton. We just loved it equally as much as the first time. It's we had obviously planned to see it, the four of us, Madeline and Ruby, were planning on coming, but they were both out of the country. Um, lying on beaches just relaxing so I guess they had a good time but it would have been lovely if the four of us could have all seen it again like reunited
1: and compared what we thought the first time
0: and there's another siren come to take them away for
1: no, the are they're, they're after the award for choreography oh, they're yeah. sorting that out they're going <laughs> to deliver it to Chris Wilden
0: <laughs> um, so yeah it would, it would have been great but I think maybe next time we'll try and do I'm obviously up for a third fourth and fifth visit so we'll all try and go again Um, And I'm sure we'll do another Hamilton episode. I could just keep talking about Hamilton.
1: And I'm I'm going to listen to the soundtrack as soon as you leave.
0: Do you know what I listened to the other day is 21 Chump Street. Did you ever listen to that? No. So that's my recommendation moving on from Hamilton, which is This American Life, which is a podcast. And one of the stories on This American Life was um, a true story, a sort of investigative story about a police sting operation where they sent young, young young-looking police officers into schools to basically entrap students into buying drugs. So the police officer, so a young woman, and she goes in and she kind of flirts with this boy and he gets her some drugs and then he gets busted and sent to prison. And the This American Life episode kind of looks into that and interviews him and, you know, it's quite sad because he's sort of saying, well, I, I would never have done, bought drugs or anything. I just really like this girl and she asked and I, you know... But then from her perspective, she's saying that, you know, she's trying to protect other kids at school about having drugs in school. You should know better. Um, anyway, Lin-Manuel Miranda did a short kind of musical um, album based on that episode, and he's turned the whole episode into a musical. And it's probably like 20 minutes long. I just listened to it on the bus the other day. It's kind of f- uh, five or six tracks, and it makes this tells the whole story of the episode, and he plays the narrator.
1: How does Lin-Manuel Miranda have the time he's doing mary poppins he's doing in the heights is being turned into a movie
0: i think 21 chump street i think it came before hamilton i think Um, and it was just this little project i'm not quite sure what it was for other than just this album but you can listen to it on spotify um 21 chump street and i really recommend it it's very hamilton you can really hear his kind of lynn manuel miranda sort of melodies and raps and it's a real eclectic style within 20 minutes or whatever you get a lot of different styles and it just tells a really good story
1: can i get it on spotify yes
0: you can you can get it spotify youtube uh wherever else you listen to music but 21 Chump street is really a really good listen oh thanks um and it'll just remind you a lot of kind of hamilton um and like you mentioned in the heights the movie we're looking forward to
1: oh can't wait to see that we'll
0: try and do a review of that on the podcast maybe absolutely because we saw the London production and really enjoyed it. So, Lynn's got a small cameo in it as well. Really looking forward to that. Hamilton, the stage production in 2016 was actually filmed, like a live stage production. But no word yet on when that is being released.
1: Oh yeah, there's a bidding war going on for that apparently.
0: And I would love to see the American, original American cast. I'd love to see that performance and what it looked like and how mm. they all did it
1: originally.
0: to put a bid in? What? And being the person to release it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. Then I've Look, got. A... We've
1: unearthed today when we were before we did this podcast. We unearthed a huge empty bottle of cristal from 1776, and I think it's worth money. And we're going to get online afterwards and Google where that could be magnum fetched. Came
0: from I hate to break it to you, but it's actually from 2002. The oh, maker's is just called 1776. Did you think you had a glass? Yes. Magnum bottle from 1776? Yeah. 1776. Yeah. Seventeen seventy six. Stoke Newington (laughs) Harbour. No, that's just a a champagne magnum bowl from 2002. It says on the other side. Sorry. But it might still be worth something. Yeah, we've been clearing Alice's flat today before we podcasted. And I think what we need at the end of this episode (laughs) is a drink. And so before we forget, we're going to do our second Hamilton-themed cocktail. Um, If you look back, I think it's probably our first ever Instagram post was episode one, Hamilton. Um, I created a cocktail that was inspired by Alexander Hamilton's birthplace, which was um, the island of...
1: Nivaska?
0: Neves and St Kitts, I think it's called. It's a Caribbean island, I believe, where he was born. And so I did kind of...
1: Rum. Was yes, it rum-based? Yes, it was rum-based yeah. and it
0: used nutmeg or something, which I think is native to that island. So this time I'm going to create a little something different um, based on just a line I like in one of the Cabinet Battle songs where he says... When Britain taxed our tea, we got frisky. Imagine what going to happen when you try to tax our whiskey. So this cocktail is called Cabinet Battle Number 1. Cheers. Cheers. So this is, this is obviously whiskey because of the line mentioned um, in Thomas Jefferson's rap. And also because obviously he's been in France for the whole time during the Civil War, this is whiskey and Saint-Germain liqueur, which is a French elderflower liqueur. So this is just um, whiskey, lemon juice, Saint-Germain, and some honey syrup.
1: Very drinkable.
0: It's nice, isn't it?
1: Absolutely delicious. Well, so, cheers. Cheers. Yeah. It's that lovely. was so fun doing a Hamilton special episode.
0: Yes, thank you everyone for listening. If you've just uh, tuned in to listen to this because you're a big Hamilton fan, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you didn't say anything to upset any of the hardcore Hamilton fans. I think we pretty much praised the show like we should. Mm. Um, and yeah, do keep listening if this is the first time you've listened. Um, like we said, we cover loads of London theatre. We love musicals, of course. We try and do as many of those as possible, but we also do straight plays. Um, have a look back over our episodes. Have a look at our Instagram, where you will see a picture of this cocktail. And in the back of the picture, I have also included this uh, Magnum champagne bottle that Alice heirloom. found. Out. Heirloom. I
1: heirloom I found The heirloom you found
0: in amongst all your crap. And you will see that it says 2002 on the front. Not 1776. Do continue to listen. Follow us on Instagram at Theatre Club Podcast. Tell all your theater friends, if they don't already listen, to listen. And to get in touch with us on Instagram... If you want any advice on buying tickets, where to sit, all that jazz, we'd love to hear from you.
1: Thank you so much for listening. This is Theatre Club Podcast. Bye-bye.
0: You'll be back.
1: Raise a glass to freedom.
0: Something they will never take away. No
1: matter what they tell you.
0: I think that's not. Okay, sorry. Apologies, everyone.